Good morning. Welcome to Sunday Morning with Love and Action. I am Ken Tuck. Thank you for joining me today. I hope everybody's day is going well and that you're ready to uh, listen to the Word of God, get involved with the Word of God with us, and as the Word says, be doers of His Word. And once again, I have in studio with me today, Brother Jeff Peacock from The Ark. Thank you for being here with us, brother. Hey, thanks for having me. I can't believe you invited me back, Ken, two weeks in a row. Well, you know, stranger things have happened, man. (laughs) Well, I'm glad to be back, and I appreciate the opportunity. We're going to uh, talk about the Great Commission today, one of the things we're going to talk about. Those of y'all who have listened to the show for any amount of time know that's near and dear to my heart, and I know it is to Jeff's too, so we're going to have a good conversation about the Great Commission. And, you know, Jeff, about 65% of the church knows nothing to very little about the Great Commission. Yeah, I can't remember the stat one time. There was a stat on that. I can't remember what it was, but it's it's crazy. Yeah, the last uh, stat that I saw on it, Burma did a survey, a poll, amongst people who attend church regularly, and about 50% said they had no idea what they were talking about. And another 15% or so said it rings a bell. Not really sure, but it kind of rings a bell. Then there was another interesting stat about that. It's those who knew about the Great Commission, 85% of the people said it was the pastor's job right. to do all that. And I, and I take it back, back up. 50% of the people said it was the pastor's job, and 85% of the pastors said it was everybody's job. There's some confusion in there, and we know confusion comes from the enemy. But uh, we're going to talk about Great Commission today before we do. Uh, Jeff, would you once again open us up in prayer? I'll do it. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for this opportunity to come and just open your word, Lord, and just I pray that you'd allow it to speak to our hearts. And uh, Lord, we just thank you for all your many blessings. We ask that you would just meet needs. There are so many people listening this morning that have great needs. And Father, uh, you know every single one of them. So Lord, we lift those needs up to you. Uh, Father, we pray that you would just use us to glorify yourself and Lord, to point people to the cross uh, Lord, that you could reconcile them to yourself, and we give you praise. Lord, thank you for Ken and Martha and Love and Action. Lord, I just pray that you'd bless their ministries, uh, Lord, their staff, and all those that come. Uh, Lord, we just give you praise. And, Lord, just uh, do a mighty and awesome work, and we give you thanks. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, Jeff, we have known each other for a long time. And actually, yeah, way back to when you were playing high school football at Enterprise High School. Yeah, I think you still had gray hair then, Ken. I, I did. Thanks, Jeff. Appreciate <laughs> that. <Yeah. laughs> and we've been really in ministry together for a number of years, uh, over a decade anyway, I believe. Oh, yeah. Back, back to the warehouse days. Yeah, over there by the, was it the, the, the IGA, Piggly, the Piggly Wiggly? Wiggly, Piggly yeah. Wiggly. Yeah. Oh, man, I, I'm going to tell you, that, you know, I was pastoring a church at the time, and, and um we went over there. I got asked to speak, and I remember it was July. Yeah, there was no air conditioning, <laughs> and there's probably seventy five people showed up. Yeah, and I was sweating so it was like one of those old timey tent, tent revivals or something. Yes. But you know what impressed me was that those seventy five hundred people, maybe a hundred people there, I don't know. But it, what impressed me was they were there because they wanted to be there. And I thought, man, if the air conditioners were out in our church, probably half the people wouldn't even show up. Right. And here were people who just were really hungry for the word. And, you know, that really, it really ministered to me. It really encouraged me and probably has a lot to do with me being in this type ministry. I really believe that God planted a seed there and, you know, really moved in my heart and my life. 
you know, you have a lot to do with me being in ministry more than you know. So, or the type of ministry, you know, that I'm in with the ark. Praise God for that. He, he's the one that brought us back together over there in the, the right. hot warehouse. It, it was hot, but man, we saw so many moves of God there. It was awesome, awesome times. But over the years, we have been about the Great Commission. That's right. Going out and reaching people and making disciples and Matthew 28, 18 through 20. That's where he gives him the commission. You know, you're talking about the debate. Jesus was pretty clear. He said, go. You know, he didn't say pastors go. Right. You know, he was, I I believe he was speaking to everybody, go. And, um, you know, one of the greatest challenges in churches today, and I was talking to a pastor. uh, I've been in the ministry for 40 years, met him this week. And one of the things, you know, he said the hardest thing that he has seen in his life as a pastor for 40 years was getting people to be outwardly focused instead of inwardly focused. Yes. And that is the challenge. You know, I pastor a church, uh, Liberty Baptist Church in Pansy, great congregation, also executive director at the Ark. And so it's a challenge for all churches to be focused on ministering to the needs of people. And that's what I love about, you know, the art, about love and action, about the harbor, is we're going. Right. And we're doing what God has commanded us to do. And so I'll just share something with you, you know, um, that God has really been working on me over the last several months. I don't know, I guess maybe 10 years ago. I don't know, maybe 8, 10 years ago uh, when I was pastoring over at Grace Point, we got with you. We planted a church in the Philippines. That's we right. built a, We built a church. Built that, a church in the Philippines. There was already a group meeting there. Right. And they needed a church building. Brother Gidi, Pastor Gidi is Pastor his Gidi. name of the pastor. He's still there. there He's right? still there He's still and, there. and still going strong for the Lord. And, um, and you know, we were, um, back in those days, we did Feed the Multitudes, which yes. was a huge outreach. And one year, I think we did it. Well, we did it with... Um, Love and Action in the Harbor. That was actually Love and Action before. That's when Love and Action was in the building that the Harbor has now. Yes, yes, over on Foster Street. Yeah, we did that big outreach there. But we did it one year, and we did like, we give out enough food to feed 20,000 people in a day and all these Bibles. And so we really were doing a good job with the church being outwardly focused. And, you know, we said, well, we need to do, Jesus kind of gives us that kind of direction and acts, you know, he talks about being his witnesses in Jerusalem and then Judea and Samaria and then to the ends of the earth. Right. My thought has been, you know, as a church, we're the local and then you need to do something regional. Yes. And then you need to do something international. And that's kind of always been my thought. And so uh, we were doing that at Grace Point. We were local church. Then we did some regional stuff that was kind of wire grass wide. And then we wanted to go international and, and do the um, church plant. So we got with you, and we were able to build the church with Pastor Gidi. We we raised the money. We were able to do that, send it. And that really kind of um, planted something in my heart, and I felt like, God, it was just a seed. So see, Ken, you're just every – God's just used you in all kind of ways to just plant seeds in my heart and that God kind of waters and makes grow. But So we did that one, and then a few years later, I left Grace Point, I was working hospice, full-time job at hospice and enterprise, and I was uh, had been sick through the fall, just really tired. God was moving me. I didn't know he was moving me to the ark. I stepped down from Grace Point and just really didn't want to do it, but I felt like that's what the Lord was leading me to do. And so my wife and I said, well, you know, we don't want to be off mission because I'm not pastoring. I'd been in the ministry for 10, 12 years 
And so I didn't, we didn't want to lose our ministry focus. So we decided, hey, we're going to raise money and we're going to build a church in Haiti. And we got with Brother um, Pierre. And again, that was through you, connected us with Pierre. And we were able to build a church and a school in Haiti. And so we went to Haiti three times, or, or I did. And then when our family, we built the church, our family went for Christmas that year. That's awesome. Well, the thing was, we knew it was going to be something bigger than us because we, I think it ended up being like $20,000 or something to build that church. And we were like, well, we don't have 20000 so we're going to have to get out there and work and raise some money. Well, we met with Pierre like on Saturday, and we said, okay, we're committing to this church. And literally two weeks later, I was offered the job at the Ark. <laughs> and it was not in a good place at that time. We had a lot of work to do, and we needed to raise a lot of money. And I thought, Lord, what have I got myself into? <laughs> and I knew then that God had closed the door for me at Grace Point, and I didn't want to leave, but I knew it was the timing. And so I think it was just a few weeks later, six weeks or so, I was the executive director at the ARC, and um, I ended up leaving hospice and going full-time in the ARC, which was was really, I believe, my calling. And so we built the church in Haiti. Our whole family went for Christmas. We didn't buy anybody Christmas gifts. We saved up, and we went to Haiti and had the first Christmas at that church. And they were in the process of building it, and it was an amazing thing. And so in my mind, I thought, this is what I want to do when I retire. I'll retire, and I'm going to build churches and so over the, you know, the years, uh, that's probably been four, four or five years ago. What was it? Yeah, it's five years ago. Um, time moves quickly. It does. You think it's like two years ago and it was five. But anyway, I thought just because I had a heart for building those churches, I thought, well, you know, it'd be really cool, you know, because the Great Commission says we're supposed to go and you would go to the ends of the earth. And I thought, how cool would it be if we built a church on every continent? You know, I mean, like you stand up because I believe we're going to give an account one day and, and what we do in, in this life matters. And if Jesus really went to a cross and he really died for my sins and he paid my sin debt in full and now, you know, he took the hell I deserve upon himself and he gives me his place in heaven. And that's the way I really look at it. I look at it like Jesus stepped out of heaven and took my place in hell and gives me his place in heaven. He just switched. He just said, here. And if that's true, which I believe it is, then I think what we do in our life really matters because we're going to give an account. Right. You know, and so so I thought, how cool would it be one day to stand before God and say, Lord, we said go, and we're going to build a church in every, I built one on every continent, Lord. You know, we did that. I was at, at Liberty one morning, and I was just kind of contemplating, and I go and study before, you know, in my office to study before service every, it's kind of my ritual. And I was sitting there contemplating, building a church on every continent and how cool that would be. And I was sitting there and I felt like the Lord said, well, why don't you build one in every country? And I just immediately Googled how many countries are there. <laughs> it's like 200. I thought, wow, that would be something amazing. And so um, my wife and I had actually, this, before this, let me back up. She just really likes construction and, and remodeling and stuff. And so we'd bought this house that we had intended to flip. And so before we bought the house, we said, we made this decision. I said, well, if we're going to do it, then, you know, what we ought to do is we're going to flip a house to make money, then we ought to build a church. Right. And so we decided that with the, the, the funds that we made off this house, we were going to build a church. And so now fast forward. So we'd already discussed that and we decided we we're going to do that. So we bought this house and we we're going to, we we're going to fix it up. 
So as I was sitting in that office, we already knew we were going to build one church. And then I just had this thought come to my mind, like, how can I build 200 churches? That's just, that's. That's way beyond Jeff. Way beyond Jeff. You know, and that's it's what's cool about, you know, it's God when it's something that it takes God to do. You can't do on your right. own. Even the church we built in Haiti, we knew we couldn't do that on our own. Yeah. It had to be something beyond us. If you don't need God to do stuff, I mean, what do you need God for, right? right. right. Is, is that really, is God asking you to do something that you don't have to depend him on? Is that really from him? Right. You know, and so just a thought. But anyway, and so I thought, you know, how can we do that? And then it just kind of clicked. You know, we were flipping this house to build a church. I went and talked to Janet, and I was like, you know, if I go and get, you know, my contractor's license, we could literally build houses. And every time we build a house or sell a house, we could build a church. And she's like, yeah, that that sounds good. And it's crazy. I, I literally... I think we decided this in December of last year, and right after the first of the year, I went, took my license, passed the test, and got my contractor's license, and we've just, matter of fact, uh, just sold our first house, and, you know, we're building a church in Uganda with that first house. And I'm partnering with, it's just kind of new, Ken, because I didn't go through Ken this one. Right. (laughs) But on the next two, we are going through Ken. But we're partnering with St. James, Pastor Albert over at St. James Baptist Church here in Dothan. They have a uh, connection, and they go to Uganda quite often. And so we're partnering with them and building a church in Uganda. So um, so we're excited about that. The next one, you know, we're going to be partnering with Suel and doing a church in Pakistan. Yes. And so hopefully the prayer there, you know, is to be able to, in the one in Pakistan, is build the church and the school. Right. It's a little bit more money. And then hopefully the next one is in Nepal. So we've got right now a couple of different projects going on. And, you know, our goal is, I I said, we just got to sell 200 houses and we can build 200 churches. That's awesome, man. So it's kind of let a fire in me, you know, and it's hard work, though, you know, because I get off work and then I go to work and there's a lot of Saturdays that we're working on the house. I mean, to sell this first one, you know, you got so much little stuff to get it ready to sell. And, and Janet was like, it's a lot of work to build a church. Yes, it is. <laughs> but, you know, our reward's in heaven. And this is what Jesus yes. has told us to do. And and the way I look at it, you know, my life, I need it to be, you know, if he says, go, you know, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them, teaching them to obey, you know. And then he tells us, he says, do it in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And I feel like our lives should reflect that. And so when I look at my life, as best I know how, and and I'm not perfect, and I've got a lot of flaws, and you can ask my wife. You you could attest to that, Ken. (laughs) But, I mean, I think how we live our life matters, and what we do with our life matters. And if God's called us to do, he gives us the map. Yes. We just got to follow the map. You know, you can look at your ministry, and and I believe you're a great, I mean, you're not just teaching the Great Commission, you're living it out. Y'all are local, regional, and international. Yeah. And, I, and I think that all of us, if we all had the mindset, you know, I pastor a local church, that's my Jerusalem. Ark's a regional ministry. You know, we have people from all over Southeast come to the Ark that we minister to. And now we're building churches internationally, every country. And if the Lord lets me live long enough, we're going to do that. Yeah. And so I'm excited. I'm excited about it. It's 
you know, revived me in a way, but it is very taxing sometimes. <laughs> yes, it is. And I want to want to say, uh, Jeff, I've never heard anybody say that they want to build a church in every country. And yeah. so I believe God's going to let you live long enough to do I that. I hope so. Because it's, uh, that, that is a <laughs> phenomenal goal. You know, I went home after you told me that and told Martha. I said, Jeff's got an incredible vision. Yeah, and to build a church in every country, and it's not just hey, I, I built a church. No, souls are going to be saved, oh, and people are going to be discipled, and towns, villages, countries even can be changed over that one church plant. Yeah, I think the one in Haiti. I think the first uh, year they were two hundred fifty people saved. Yeah. The first year, yes. And you know the thing, you know that you know we went to Haiti and we built that church, and I, I met with a pastor there, and um, it was pretty incredible because you know Haiti is extremely poor. Yes, they were meeting in a uh, our dog houses are better than what mm-hmm. they were meeting in. Right, it was just scraps of wood. I right. mean, I mean metal. It was just I, you can't even really describe it. I mean, when I was growing up, we had hunting dogs. Right, and our dog pens and houses were better than this church. Yeah, you know when I was a kid. And the one thing that just kind of really impacted me and my family, because we were both there, and the pastor was talking, and he said, because there were already a group of believers that were there, and I think, you know, what I'm doing is I'm not, per se, my calling's not to disciple or, or to, to, to support these churches. It's to build these buildings. And one of the things that he said, he said, the mere fact that the church was built in Haiti is a testimony to God. Yes. It's a miracle. And the only way the people on that mountain could explain it was it has to be from God because there's no explanation of how that church could be built there. Right. The church itself is a testimony to yes. God and his power. Yes. You know, and I thought, wow, we live in America. We don't need God here. We got jobs. I mean, even if you're homeless, you're taken care of. I got mean, a lot you, of places, and 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 not just Houston, all all over the U.S. There's oh yeah, a lot that's, of homeless ministers. That's, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I yeah. mean, but but what I'm saying is, I mean, our homeless in the United States of America are wealthier than eighty percent of the rest of the world. Oh, a whole lot wealthier. Yes. This village we built, this church, you know, these folks are living on a dollar, two dollars a day, right? And they've got families. You know, it's just extreme, extreme poverty. So they need Jesus over there. Yes. You know, in, in America, we don't need Jesus because we have all this stuff. At least that's what we think. That's the mindset. Yeah. That's the mindset. You know, that's why we were talking last week about the, the kind of the spiritual revival that we see in our program at Love and Action at the Harbor, how God's just spiritually doing this work. Well, the people that we deal with, they need Jesus. Yeah. They need God to step in and save them or change them or help them. They don't have plan B, C, and D, right? No, they don't. If you want a job in America, you can get a job. And right now you make pretty good money. I mean, you can, you want to get out there and you can get after it. You can make it, you know, you can achieve the American dream. Right. It's here, but the rest, most of the world, it's not. And we don't see that, you know, but just talk about the churches, building churches, in every country, we talk to our children about that, about that, you know, this vision God's given us. And it's funny, my, my 16-year-old, he, Parker, he said, well, Rick Warren did it. took him seven years. I was like, yeah, Rick Warren, man, he's, he had, the, like, the number one best-selling book That's behind right. the Bible, man. He's got cash. That's right. But I thought it was pretty interesting. You know, my 16-year-old, his wheels are spinning, and he's right. Googling it. Right. You know, he wants to know. Right. And he's like, man, Dad's crazy, you know. <laughs> 
He already knew that, but that yeah, just he confirmed man, that's it, right? confirmed. It. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I knew it, but now I know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And you also built a church in India. In India, yeah, we yeah. did. Uh, that's right. I, I, During I COVID, that, it, that that was a huge challenge yeah. because it was very hard for them to to get the material. Yeah. And then get workers to, yeah. to, to build and it. They had a big shutdown. Yes, you remember the whole was, country just was, shut down for a while. And so that was a that was cool. And we did that one through Liberty. Liberty actually built that church, and it's cool seeing the progress. You yes. know, we'd get the the videos and the pictures. One cool thing about that. So last year at Vacation Bible School, we had already sent the money to build the church, and then the church got really delayed, and it was really behind schedule and you know it's like in the middle of COVID and so our VBS what they did was they took up an offering for the church we sent the offering it was like a thousand dollars or something and we sent the offering they got it like the week that they were doing the big opening of the church and so they had this huge feast yes and like fed the whole community it was this big celebration it was just really cool how God's timing made all that perfect come together that's Perfect right. time, and then, and just like you mentioned in, in Haiti and all these other countries, when a church is built, and people who have like our pastors over there have you know, nothing resource wise, and then all of a sudden people see this this church built, and there's all this food there. Yeah, oh, only God, right? That's only right. God can do that, and like I so said, that's a testimony. And and I know that church in Haiti, man. There, there's been voodoo priests oh, saved man. there. Just incredible things happen when you step out to do what God's called you to do, and you do it. That's just part of his big plan. Yeah, um, I'll tell you a quick story about the, the church in Haiti. The last time I went, we um, actually Covenant United Methodist sent a group, and uh, Barbie Nolan, she's on staff there, and her husband John went. And um, she had packed this lighter, and she's like, didn't pack it and packed it, and she didn't know whether she was going to take this lighter or not, and... Uh, she just, something told her to put it in there, and she's kind of, you know, because you're getting on a plane with a lighter, and she put it in her bag, and so put it in the backpack that you're carrying out. So uh, the group had been going through the mountains, you know, just going door to door, sharing the gospel, and I've got a lot of cool stories from Haiti, yeah. but this is pretty <laughs> cool. But but what's interesting is right down the path, there's not really a road there, right? but down the path from... Uh, the church, there's a graveyard, and, you know, when we were there, they had these uh, American red, white, and blue voodoo dolls mm. in the graveyard. Right. And so uh, it's, you talk about spiritual warfare. Yes. But they were going door to door, and they come to this lady, um, and she was a voodoo um, priest wife, I guess the priestess, I don't know what priestess, you call that. Yeah. yeah. So one of the things that signifies, you know, kind of your um, hierarchy, I guess, or, you know, where you stand socially in that is they had this scarf, and they she wore this scarf. It was it was a voodoo, you know, it symbolized. Everybody knew with this scarf she was the priest's wife. Right. And so, you know, one of the things that they were saying was saying, look, you know, you need to burn this scarf. And so they took her down to the church. If you're serious about your commitment to Christ, you need to burn the scarf, and everybody needs to see you burn the scarf right. so that you're saying, you know, you're announcing the voodoo and you're accepting Christ. And so, you know, down there, they took her down to the church, and they had this little kitchen. It's, you know, it's like out. It's not a kitchen like we think. Right, it's right. like outside kitchen yeah, with a fire. And a, yeah. Yes, wood, <laughs> charcoal, and a big pot. Right. 
And so they cook there every day, you know. And so they just, you know, take a match, strike a match, and start the fire every day. That's how they do it. So they went to, um, you know, burn the – she agreed. You know, at first so she was like, you know, I can't. It's very valuable. And they're like, we'll buy you a new scarf. But you need to do this <laughs> right. if you're serious. And she said, okay, so – they go over and get matches, and no match will light. Mm. It's like, so everybody's around waiting to watch this scarf burn, right? and they can't get a fire. Oh, they can't man. get a flame. And they're, like, going through all the matches, and they're, like, out of matches. And then all of a sudden, Barbie remembers <laughs> this lighter. She reaches in her backpack, pulls it, clicks it, poof, goes the scarf, and everybody, you know, it saves the day. But it's just, you know, God's in the little things. Yes, yes, he is. But, you know, it's just cool to see God really move in these different, you know. And, you know, you it's, you see God moving when you go on uh, mission trips. Yes. You know, you just it's amazing. So yeah, We'll have to get Brother Pierre in here one one day together with us, and we can all share some, some Haiti stories. Oh, yeah. He's got some he can share, too. Oh, man, too, I'm and, telling you, there's a lot of uh, just – Cool stories, yes, from yeah. Haiti. Yeah, I, I went three different times, I, and I'd really like to go back now, yeah, just to yeah. visit. Yeah, we've been talking to Pierre about going back again, and because uh, that you know the thing about mission trips, I wish everybody would go on one at least yeah. to, to see what life is like in other countries. And, and Haiti is so close; um, it's a great trip to go on with, with Give Us Hope Mission. It's a wonderful group to go with. But um, you know, when when we step out in in faith and to, to do what God has called us to do, we get to see miracles happen. And it, it's just, life is just so different when you step out to do, when you commit your life to Christ first and then step out and do what he's called you to do. And, man, I, I would never want to go back to how, how I was. And it wasn't that I had a, a horrible life, you know, but I, I don't want to go back there. I, I want to stay with Jesus and see what else he's going to do and just be obedient and willing to say, here I am, Lord, send me. Yep. And that's, the, that's the whole key to it. Obedience uh, is key. Yeah. And the Great Commission is is, is our, our map. Absolutely. On, on how to live it out. And just want to encourage everybody out there that during this conversation today, I ho- hope it's a, it's uh, those who are believers that it encourages you that, you know, not, first, nothing's impossible for God. And secondly, that, if we're just obedient and obey whatever God, and, and you don't have to be a pastor or a ministry leader to do this. I mean, when, when I was saved, I was, you know, in that heathen business of newspaper, right? That's right. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and was living for Fake the Lord. News. Yeah. Uh, we had real news. Back <laughs> oh yeah. Then. Real news. Yeah. Yeah. Back then. <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know, but I was still living for the Lord and, and, and stepping out and doing what he wanted us to do while I was working full-time uh, in, in newspapers and, and, and Martha doing the same thing when she was full-time in the medical field. So whatever your profession is, or if you're retired, God's got a plan for you. Yes. And everywhere we go is a mission field to begin with. Yeah, But he's got a plan for each one of us. Yeah. And I think it matters that, that we know, you know, or seek and find out what our purpose and plan are you know, the plan that God has for us. And then we, we got to go out and do it the best we know how. Yeah. I mean, we've got to, there's no do-overs. You got to, I mean, you, you, here's your shot. Right. You're going to spend eternity, you know, with, with, with the consequences of what we do, you know, good or bad, right. of what we do in this, you know, in this earth. 
Amen. So, yeah, you're right. We got one shot, so let's go large, and let's go large with God in doing it. And, uh, Jeff, the, the 30 minutes has ticked away again. And uh, but but we'll Thanks we'll for having me. we'll get you back in here. Maybe one day we will um, uh, really blow the radio away and get uh, you and Cody, yeah, and me together you, in here. I don't know if the airways can handle that. Or they, not. They, they they might not be able to handle that. <laughs> but anyway, appreciate you, brother. Thank Love you, you, man. Love you, brother. And uh, thank you everybody for joining us today. And just have a great week coming up. And remember that Jesus loves you. May the Lord bless you and keep you, and may he cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May he lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.